morning. That was good. Y'all even make a crap, y'all make a crappy sound system sound good, don't you? What? Hmm? He's been losing his hearing for years now. This is bound to happen. Fudge's fault, he just said. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I like the uh I like the mashups. It's all right. It's better than the one I saw this week of of uh, Inner Sandman and Huey Lewis in the news. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Bernie was in that one. He, he was pretty much everywhere this week. <laughs> that might be God's saving grace of the week right there. It was the Bernie Sanders memes that we all got to enjoy. And, and it just never got old. I mean, just not, not even once or whatever. So, yeah, just, just amazing. So... Uh, God's grace comes in some crazy ways sometimes. Um, I, I, got, I need to share something with you just uh, so that you are aware as our church body uh, shared this with our membership and uh, our staff know and many of you already know, but uh, uh, we lost uh, one of our members this week tragically uh, and um, yeah, it's just very sad. It's Rachel Conan um, and uh, we have uh, we have spent many tears shed at our house over the last couple of days since finding that out, um, and uh, I will I will keep you uh, informed on any kind of arrangements. Uh, there are four very small children involved here, um, and um, yeah, and it, this was just very just not you know we didn't see this coming. So uh, I just tell you that to say. Uh, if you hear me, because I, I, know, I know a lot of people don't know them, they were very quiet people, um, but just amazing folks. They were part of our micro church. She was just in our home last Sunday night, um, you know, for micro church. Um, and uh, anyway, just ask that you would just be praying for that family during this time. Uh, and if you hear me at some point in the near future or whatever, give some arrangements or say, hey, we've got four children to take care of. Uh, my dog at 24 Church is going to figure that out. Uh, that's who we are. And so uh, I'm just letting you know uh, ahead of time. Uh, so, um, yeah, it's just uh, not the best news to have gotten this week, but it is what it is. That's the world we live in. So um, that being said, uh, I want to jump into uh, probably oh, what is the greatest gift that we've ever been given, if that's okay with you guys. Let's talk about Jesus today, and let's, uh, let's turn our eyes uh, to him um, in light of all the things going on in this world, and uh, we'll bring Bernie and his memes with us for the ride, if that's okay. I re- man, I really should have, like, I should have figured that out this week. Like, I should have gotten somebody on making some memes for me to use or something. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, if you want to get your Bible out, or if you need a Bible, our ushers have Bibles, they'll be glad to bring you one. Just throw your hand up. Uh, and if you uh, are just borrowing that Bible when you get done with it, when, if you don't mind, just put it on top of the bookcase on your way out the door. Uh, if you need to keep it, if you don't own a Bible, it's yours. You can keep it. It's a gift. We'd love for you to have it. Uh, we really would. And uh, you know, just want everybody to have a copy of God's Word. But uh, throw your hand up if you need uh, one of those. Uh, and uh, we'd love for you to have one. So uh, it is great to get to see you guys this morning. Thank you guys for being here. Really appreciate it. Um, this, uh, this series that we've been doing, Who is God? 
Um, if you've been with us the last few weeks, you've already heard me say it. I'm going to say it briefly again. Um, you know, started out the year just kind of really feeling like, you know, it's, it's real easy to be down about things that have happened over the last year and how crazy things have been. And it seems like 2021's on track to be a little crazy in of itself in its own ways. Uh, and so, um, you know, in light of all that, I just, I just kept thinking, you know, Lord, what would you have us to, what would you have us to study on? What would you have us to focus on? And I just, I just felt like he was saying, me, of course, you know, like big dummy, what are you talking about? Like, just focus on me. And, and I just, you know, just kind of had this epiphany of like, you know, what's it look like for us just to study on who, who is God? Who, who is he? Uh, what are some things about him that would be worth our time and us just studying together uh, and, and just learning together uh, a little more about who he is? And so here we are. Uh, and today we're in the book of Luke. If you want to go there, Luke chapter 15. And uh, I love Luke chapter 15. It has some of my very favorite parables in it uh, that Jesus shared and uh, we're going to look at one of those specifically. We're going to read through it in just a minute. Uh, but we're talking about God's grace today, uh, that God is gracious. Um, and that being said, you know, it, it, grace seems like one of those things like, you know, we show each other grace, but, you know, most people kind of have a breaking point, you know, like it's kind of like, a, you know, you know, we're, we're good, we're good with, you know, like, you know, do that for so long. And then eventually we're like, okay, that's enough. You know, it's kind of like, you know, when I was a kid and I wanted something from my mom and I go, mama, 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 mama. I can do this all day, by the way. Mama. I got a lot of practice back in the day. Um, you know, and, and eventually what? Like, she's like, you know. You know, you know, about to lose it on me or whatever. Uh, I, I drug my mom through a lot uh, back in the day, including uh, going to the. Uh, uh, you remember when uh, you could go to the customer service desk at Walmart, and uh, as a kid, and be like, "Hey, I'm lost." Uh, I did that all the time. Like I would like a, I would like run away from my mom and go straight to the desk and be like, "I'm lost," and they'd be like. You know, of course, they're, you know, back in the day, they, put, they pick up like the big red phone that looks like it came out of, you know, Adam West's office in Batman or something. And, and they're like, uh, 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 Miss Royalty, Chris is up here at the front again, you know. But, you know, it, the, the whole like grace thing, like we have like so much grace sometimes for one another. The truth is, is we're called to have lots of grace, right? We're called to have like this unlimited grace, which is the kind of grace that God has for us. But I think for us, I think sometimes still we treat God like his grace isn't like just forever and ever and ever being offered to us. Like at some point, God must have a breaking point as well right? Like we, we act that way or we think that way. I, I've, I've just even recently heard people say to me, you know, oh, God's done with me because I just keep making stupid decisions and there's just no way that he wants to have anything to do with me. And we know that's not true because his grace is unending. His grace, his unmerited favor, it's exactly what we don't deserve. That's why it's called grace. And so this morning we're going to talk about that. And specifically, I wanted to read through this parable. And I'm going to read through the whole parable, if that's okay. And then we're going to come back and talk about it a little bit and share another passage together. 
Luke 15, verse 11. And this is a parable about a man and his two sons. And it says this, verse 11, chapter 15. And he said, there was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided the property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. Now, we don't know exactly what he did, although his brother kind of like has his own thoughts later on in the passage, but, you know, reckless living, so just take that for whatever you think. Verse 14, and when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. And he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into the fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against you. I'm, I'm sorry, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose, and he came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it. And let us eat and celebrate for this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now the older son was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come and your father has killed the fattened calf because he was received, he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him. But he answered his father, look, these many years I have served you and I have never disobeyed your command, yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. And he said to him, son, you are always with me, and all that, all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad for this. Your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. This passage, the story that Jesus tells about two sons and a dad, and it honestly sounds a lot like things that we deal with in our house with our own kids sometimes, you know, it's amazing, like adults don't really grow up, you know, and still sometimes we have these feelings 
of, you know, well, I didn't get that, or you did that for them, and you didn't do it for me kind of thing, right? This passage brings about something that's very interesting to me. It shows me something that I think is really important for us to see as believers when it comes to our relationship with the Lord. In fact, this this whole thing is Jesus painting a picture of something for us that we talk about quite a bit around here, but I think we don't often find it and seek it out and see it for what it is in Scripture, and I really do believe Jesus is trying to teach it to us in this passage. The lost son, who we start out with, who has gone and squandered away all the things that his father has given him to the point that uh, then comes a famine and he's literally so hungry he hires himself out and he's working with pigs and he wants to eat what the pigs are eating. And then he has an epiphany and he's like, wait a second, my father's servants are doing better than this. Like, I, need, I just need to go home and just tell dad what I did and just and just, you know, say, I, look, I'm not even worthy to be your son, but I tell you what, you know, if, if you just let me be your servant, I will work for you. The lost son goes and does what many of us do. He goes to the law. He goes to the idea that he has so badly messed up, that there's no way for forgiveness, that there's no way for grace. It's no different than what we might do if we say something like, well, God does not going to have anything to do with me at this point. I've done so many bad things in my life. There's no way that he would ever love me. We know that that's not true. We know that God has something for us, his love, his grace for us that, is, that comes to us in such an incredible way. But he's defeated. He can't imagine that there would be any grace left for him. He squandered away what was given to him. He must be done. Then you have the older son. The older son, he, he's, he's looking good, right? He's looking good. He's good looking, you know, he's, you know, he, he also got all the things, you know, because the other brother, he said, hey, you know, I want to I wanna get my share. And if you notice in the beginning of that passage, it says that when he asked for that, that the father went ahead and divided up for both of them. So he's received all his stuff too. And then he has stayed there and continued to work and he's been faithful to his dad and he's kept all the right things right, and stayed away from all the wrong things. But the older son has been doing something that I see people do a lot in church, that I see a lot of Christians do, that I see a, a lot of people in the word and, uh, world and hear a lot of people in the world believe that what Christianity is, what he's doing, which is working for his favor. He's trying to please the Father to the point that when the other brother comes back, he's mad at the other brother. He's like, what are, you, what, are you, what are you talking about? You guys had a party for him? Like, where's my party? I've been here doing the right thing the whole time. Right? You hear it in there, right? Like, there's some whining going on, right? And, and, and at the end of the day, what we get is we get, we get the, you say, Chris, you're quick to judge. No, we're seeing his heart with what he's saying. And his heart is, 
I've been doing right by you all this time. I've been trying to earn your love all this time. I've been trying to earn your favor all this time. And this is what Christians and people of the world many times think Christianity is about. And let me tell you, it is not. You're like, Chris, what are you talking about? Like, you know, the Bible's full of like, you know, stuff of like, you know, don't do this, don't do that kind of stuff. Yeah, it is. You're right. You know why it's there? Because God the Father loves us. And he understands us better than we understand ourselves. He's our creator. And as the creator of anything, that creator knows way more about that thing than we know about that thing or it knows about itself. And as a loving father, he doesn't want us to be hurt by the things of this world. You look at this and you see the first son defeated because he's just sure that there's no grace for him because he has, he's broken the law. There's, there's nothing good for him coming. The second one, he's, he's, trying to, he's trying to earn his love. But then we have the dad. And the dad, what's it say? In verse 20, it said, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced and kissed him. With the Father, we see grace. That's what we need. We need the Father's love. We need the Father's grace. The Father here is a picture of the gospel. This is the way. Okay? This is the way the truth and the life you know this is an amazing example for us to see how God loves us and cares for us and and last time I checked I'm not perfect and my life is with sin and I, I make mistakes and I need grace I can't do this alone if I'm left to myself I'm I'm I'm, a, I'm gonna be a struggle bus Ephesians 2 goes on to talk about the subject of grace, and I could not talk about grace today and not share Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2, verse 1, it says this. It says, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins. And you start off with that. It's like, yep, that's me. Verse 2, In which you walked following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, talking about Satan and the spirit, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and we were, uh, we were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. And here it goes in verse 4. It kicks in an overdrive. But God, being rich in mercy, after we were all that stupid that it just talked about. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. By grace, you have been saved. I must say it one more time. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up with him 
and seated us with him in the heavenly places within Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Verse 8, here it says it again. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. Let me say that again. This is not your own doing. This is not your own doing. He goes on and says, it is a gift of God. Grace. Grace is what saves us through faith, and it's not our own doing. It's a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. It is by grace that we are saved through faith not by our own doing it's a gift of God and not a result of our works you do you realize that every other belief system in the world does not have this did you know that there's not another belief system in the world that has this. This, this belongs only to God himself. You know why? Because we as people couldn't come up with that. That's, that's not of us. We don't come up with stuff like that. What do we come up with? We come up with, look what I did. I did all these good things over here. And then I've been stacking them up, stacking them up. And you know what? Then I, we did some good things over here. And, and I've been stacking those up too. We love to be recognized for what we've done. And at the end of the day, we still fight. Even for those of us who believe that Scripture is truth, we still sometimes fight trying not to earn God's love by the things that we do instead of just allowing it to be worship coming from our lives. You see, the things of God that it talks about, uh, the good things created in Christ for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them, the whole walking in them is talking about that literally it flows out of us because of what God's done in us. We've been changed. And if we've been changed then the things that flow out of us are different than what this world is used to seeing. That's crazy. That's crazy. What's crazy is that God offers His grace. What's crazy is that He goes on and loves us and cares for us despite all of the junk of our past. He doesn't want us to be defined by the mistakes of our past. He wants us to live in his forgiveness and move on. Some of you are sitting here right now or watching right now or listening right now and you're struggling with still feeling like your identity is somehow still attached to the things that you've done in your past. 
And you know what? Maybe there's some of that that you can't control. But in your heart and for you, I want you to know that God sent his son to die on the cross that you would be free from those things in your heart. Do not let those things dictate who God has called you to be and how he wants to use you for his kingdom. For his kingdom. That he might be made known in your life to the people around you because God has put you in their life. Don't let Satan talk you into believing a lie. For by grace you have been saved through faith and not by your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of your works so that no one may boast. God knows us better than we know ourselves and he knows that we'd be boasting. He knows that we'd, we'd, be, we'd be in competition with one. And just, a, just imagine what that would look like. If, if our faith was actually based on like, uh, how good we could be and all the good things we'd do, we'd, we'd be showing up on Sundays competing with each other. It'd be, like, it'd be like the dang Olympics in here. We'd be like, well, look what I did this week. I carried this woman's groceries, you know? I mean, we, we just, we just be, you know, and we'd be, you know, we'd be putting it all over Facebook. Some of us already put it on Facebook, but whatever. That just came from nowhere. That was, wasn't for me, so I won't take credit for it. Listen, salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. To the glory of God alone. Let me say that again. Salvation is by grace alone. Through faith alone. In Christ alone. To the glory of God alone. It's a gift. All we can do is receive it. All we can do is believe. All we can do is put faith in the Lord that it's true. And if we do, John 1.16 becomes true for our lives. For from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. From his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. Folks, we have received grace upon grace. If you have trusted in Christ to be your Savior, if you have believed that God the Father sent His Son to die on the cross for you, that His blood was shed on the cross, and that there was an empty tomb three days later because He defeated death on our behalf, that in death we might have life. Rachel is no longer with us today, but let me tell you what, she's with the Lord. And I praise the Lord for that. God's grace was poured out on that cross that the blood of Jesus would be enough to appease that it alone would be enough to make up what we owe for our sin and all we can do is believe and if we believe, we are forgiven. We are forgiven and we are given new life. I think that uh, I got in this conversation earlier this week with somebody. A lot of Christianity is so need-based. 
Um, and and there's, I don't think that, that it's completely all wrong, but I think that sometimes it can go too far. Here's what I mean by that. Um, that things can be all about topical and trying to make us feel better about ourselves. One of the reasons why I want to start the year with this series is we focus on the Lord. <laughs> he, he'll, he'll, he'll work on us. He'll work on us in ways we weren't expecting. Sometimes we just want him to work on the ways that we just want him to fix right now because we've got some suffering going on or, you know, whatever it is. And the truth is, is the Lord's over here going, well, you know, I need you to just kind of stay in next. I need to teach you a few things. And what has happened, I think, is a culture in Christianity at times has been that we've become so about, like, I want to know more just about that one thing alone and not who Christ is and who God is that we've kind of turned it into a self-help situation. And again, I'm all for going to Scripture for our problems. But I think that it's important for us to understand that we can't approach God for the self-help reasons. We need to approach him for the gospel. And when we approach him for the gospel, he's going to help us with the other. It's a beautiful picture. And it's this constant reminder that we need his grace. If we get that, we will return with the treasures that he wants us to have, not just the ones that we want to have. And we will give him the glory he deserves. You see, grace is more than just something that we're supposed to get on the day of our salvation. It's something that we're getting every day. Every day I'm receiving God's grace for the mistakes in my life. For the mistakes I'll make tomorrow, for the mistakes I made yesterday, for the mistakes I'll make a year from now, for the mistakes that I made a year ago, and for the mistakes I'll make today, God's grace is enough to cover it. And I need it every day. He is worthy, He is the same, and He is gracious toward us. Even after we've been lost, or we've been trying to earn it. He comes running with robes and rings of grace, saying, I love you. Come to me. Come to me. Let's pray together. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for how it points us in the direction of following you and not following ourselves. Help us, Lord, in the days to come, Lord, to be faithful in who you've called us to be, your people, your children, your sons and daughters. God, help us. Help us to follow you, Lord, not because we want to try to earn something from you. God, you've already given it to us. You already love us. You've already sent your Son. Lord, we come to you with worship we come to you being reminded today that we don't deserve your grace, but God, you still gave it to us. And out of that, we worship you with our lives. God, show us what that looks like every single day. 
And Lord, for anyone that hasn't believed in you, God, I pray that you would do the work in their life, Lord, that today they would be changed, God, that they would believe in you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the reminder of who you are, what you've done through your son Jesus. It's in his name we pray all of this. Amen.